delusional snags by telling people they're being recorded. Hello, 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 hello. Can you hear me? We step out. I can hear you. Into the universe, seeking only peace and. Oh, you can. To teach if we are called upon. Oh, good. Okay, yeah. Taught if we are fortunate. Yeah, it sounds clear. It sounds good. Okay, good. Um, say something else. You, you might be a little bit choppy. Okay, this week we have Gila apples and Granny apples and artichokes on sale. Okay, okay that's not bad. I have, I'm, like I said, I'm at this cat. as uh, internet. I should probably tell my kids to stop using it so I can get all the bandwidth. <laughs> How are you today? Oh, good. A little bit sleepy. I was talking a lot last night, but uh, uh, pretty good. So where's this cabin? It sounds great. Can we go up to the internet for a little while? Mm-hmm. What is Finn playing? Okay, good. This cabin is about, oh, I don't know, a couple hours away from Boise, up in the mountains. Okay. Well, it's been a while since I've done kind of a, a formal show, so this would be, should be interesting. Oh, this is, okay, it's a formal show, okay. Oh, yeah. I'll, uh, I'll, <laughs> I'll keep, <laughs> keep that in mind. <laughs> yeah, I've yeah. got some chicken scratch in front of me. Yeah. Oh, wow. I'll be your guest. <laughs> yeah, um, so we, could, we could launch in or. Yeah, go ahead. Yeah. Well, and now I'm thinking. I've got that goofy tunnel still in my brain. Yeah, that's amazing. You're going back. You you intend to do the whole thing again? I don't know if I'll, I'll get there, but um, I'm at about 300 pages. I just revisited when he, and I forgot how how heinous it was when he when he shook the crib. Like that's oh yeah 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 awful. yeah yeah yeah. We didn't mention that. Yeah. yeah, that's right. Uh, yeah, that's that's him at his very worst. But again, I I've been in a situation where there's a howling baby and you can't control anything. Like I didn't I didn't do anything like that, you know. But uh, no, I had I, thoughts like that, it, you know. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. And, uh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, he's he's definitely not. But a nice like, guy. <laughs> no, he's not a nice guy. <laughs> but maybe he is, like on the surface, and we're just seeing the tunnel. <laughs> yeah, the tunnel of yeah. his his own, his own depths of. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Yeah, I didn't because of the way I read it, where I read half of it and then I stopped for a while and then came back to it, it seemed like it was, I lost something by doing that because it was disconnected the beginning from the end. Yeah, I actually found out that I have, uh, what is it? Let me see what section it is. It's, um, I've got this book called, um, in the wake of the wake and so it's like books that are put out after Finnegan's Wake kind of in a way inspired by the, the style of Finnegan's Wake or, or or just the space that Finnegan's Wake opened up and then right at the end of it it's got there's a whole chapter from the tunnel um, which I didn't realize it's uh, it's co whistles up a wind which I think is 
maybe towards the beginning. Yeah, I think so. I when think I was so. listening. No, I was just going to say it. I think it's like, yeah, yeah, you're right. It's the it's that, that that part with the uh, I don't know what it is. Wine glass? Or, no, it's not wine glass. It's like the weird. Yeah, I think it's right by the beginning when the weird when it it gets really weird. So the the part that I listened to when I was coming up today though was when it was like his first winter with his wife and they were mm -hmm. just moved into this duplex and there was something really strange going on with the mirroring but it just seemed like like their relationship wasn't wasn't very good for very long because they got pretty miserable quick yeah yeah living in that yeah. you can imagine that like a Living in a little shack like that, and the walls are thin, and <laughs> yeah, yeah. <clears throat> All right, well, enough chit chat, I guess. Okay, so then uh, I. Then uh, <clears throat> here we go. Yeah, that, thanks. So thanks, that Doug. You can put uh, you put some tea stains on page uh, one twenty-seven. What page do we put the tea stain on? Well, the tea, tea stain should be at the very end. <laughs> <laughs> is that is that the wake or is that Ulysses? Though that's Ulysses, isn't it? Uh, the the wake ends with the tea stain. Yeah, but okay, yeah, there's okay. there's probably a it's probably a tea stain in Ulysses too. Oh, <laughs> well, thank you so much. This was fun. This was, um, yeah, this was great. Yeah, thank you too for, uh, yeah, uh, yeah, thank you for uh, being interested. Yeah, um, I'm curious to see what kind of conversation we have with the. Bunch of bunch of dudes on it. The the panel of experts. The panel of experts, right? <laughs> yeah, I'm really <laughs> looking forward to that too, because I uh, I don't know. I don't know, like you know this from your own experience, like putting out a uh, a book. You really have no ob objectivity about it. You know, you have no idea what it's like for other people. Um, so it's always. It's always interesting to hear, like even critical comments on it. It's they're excellent because you can find you find things that you've never considered, you know. Um, so I'm yeah, I'm really looking forward to that. Yeah, I'm gonna have to really buckle down. I've gotten so lazy with my reading. Um, I can only read in the bathtub anymore. That's like I'm just too fidgety otherwise. Really? It sounds like you read all the time. I listen to I listen so much to I mean I do I'm reading all the time but like the idea of oh, in my 20s man every night before bed I would read from anywhere from you know like 15 minutes to 2 hours every single day. Right. Um and that was just part of my day, but now it seems like that got repurposed into like wife time and we watch TV. And so uh, in the evenings before bed, I'll, I'll end up wasting my life on Twitter and Facebook. I know, yeah. That's... But like walking the dog, I spend a lot of like a lot of dumb time like doing dishes and that kind of stuff. And I can listen to books all day long doing that. Yeah, that's good. I um my reading time is less these days too because I don't have the huge commute up to Tokyo as I used to have because of because of the coronavirus stuff. Um, so yeah, I'm I have less time to read these days too, but I'm still I'm I am trying to get stuff read. Um, I think I told you I'm on a huge Kerouac fix these days. Yeah, and it, so it's interesting because as I was, I was, um, I'm redoing this tunnel. I'm thinking about how 
if you had a hero's journey for like an American writer, it's almost like they do have to come out of the like the Midwest. Like this is, you know, there is because like I'm thinking about all these descriptions of the Wabash River and this and that um, and the corn and the grasshoppers and all this. And it just seems like this is, you know, one of the ways that your your writer is born in the Midwest and then they go to one of the coasts at some point in time. And that's like their hero's journey. Mm, yeah, well, um, Kerouac came I from I think Lowell. Kerouac was somewhere in the Midwest, too. Oh, well, he's from he's okay. from Massachusetts, right? So, um, his yeah, his family his family is originally from Quebec, yeah. So, um, but then yeah, he heads down to New York, and then he heads out to San Francisco. But um, but you're right, like uh, um on the road is kind of based around Denver a lot. Uh, I guess that wouldn't count as a Midwest, but. <laughs> no. <laughs> um, yeah, so he's, he's got, he's got, he does gotta have another experience just being from Massachusetts and, and being like basically French Canadian, uh, his background. I think, I read somewhere that that was someone was saying that he had two perspectives in him because he came from Quebec, like he was able to encompass multiple viewpoints, and that was why he was so good. Yeah, like he, which apparently... is an interesting theory. Yeah, I think that I think that works. Like, um, like apparently he didn't uh, he didn't even speak English until he was six years old or something or uh, maybe even later than that like I don't, I don't think he spoke a word of english before he went to school um but uh but the big book i got into of his i don't know if you know of it it's called uh, some of the dharma which is basically his um notebooks that he wrote uh when was it like from 53 53 to 55, 56 maybe, 53 to 56. It says notebooks on Buddhism, and they just turn into like all kinds of things, poetry and like haiku and letters and all. It's just like a, it's the size of, it's a massive book, you know, it's just, it's really dense and it's, um, has all kinds of like the, uh, like as a format of the book, like we were talking about that before, it's like, uh, each page has a different format to it. Um, and uh, he sends it away to Allen Ginsberg, and then he um, eventually gets it published. But it really gets into his Buddhism, um, his deep commitment at that time to Buddhism. Like he was, he just immersed himself into Buddhism. And then uh, it sets out his his whole vision of what he saw his his literature as being um which is kind of this interesting it, what, say it again oh i said it. interesting because like the last kerouac i did with big sir and it feels like that book i don't know if you've read that one yeah he's really coming apart at that point in time and yeah he's having he's having his... dts and everything else right Right. And I think that made him question everything that he believed up to that point. Yeah, at that time his I, his Bud Buddhism was disintegrating as well. Um, like yeah. it, he eventually he gets back into his his old original Catholicism. But uh, no, I was just gonna say like his his vision for his works though, like his um, legend of Dulawitz, you know, um, which is. People think of that as as containing all of his novels or almost all of his novels, you know, and it's basically autobiographical. But in some of the Dharma, he explains what he meant it as, at least at that point, is um, a sort of Proustian mega novel all put together, um, all stitched together of all his, what, 13 novels but also including all of his poetry and then his prose writings, including this one, some of the Dharma, and really um, 
it's this kind of Proustian epic of a writer who is a bodhisattva, you know, an American bodhisattva, like a new Buddha of writing for his time. And that's what he's exploring in all his writing. <laughs> like, it's just it's a massive concept. <laughs> um, and, and of course, he's, he's deeply inspired by the wake, too, um, uh, towards that time. Like, he, he, uh, he wrote this whole, um, published this whole book of poetry, kind of prose poetry, called Old Angel Midnight. And it's, it's his spontaneous bop prosody version of Finnegan's Wake, um, which is, he, he just throws everything together all at once. Um, that that's a great book to read if you get a chance to find it somewhere. The interesting the reason why I like him so much is because um, in a lot of his awakening, you know, like his his writings, he's in and around places that you know I've been in and around too. So mm. like uh, Desolation Angels, he is a fire lookout really not far from where we had our first sink cabin oh really where we yeah oh, wow wow i didn't realize it was there in the cascades but then my dad lives not far from um i think it must be in the dharma bombs where they're doing a lot of hiking in and around um it's it's california it's not far from san francisco but it's up in the sierras like uh yeah, it's by Mears Wood. Oh, yeah, oh, well, not far from Yosemite Park, basically. Yeah, there's a there's a town that they go to and stuff, and so, but my dad lives right around there too, and so, so like that's that was the comment about like uh, the, when these guys are writing about the Midwest, they don't have any connection to that, but when when you have a writer writing about the actual landscape that you inhabit. So like I was telling you about this Nez Perce War book where they're, you know, it's like this is all the places that like where I grew up. And so, you know, to have history happening where you've been makes it all the more real or um, like meaningful for some reason. Yeah, yeah. Well, for me, it's really meaningful, too, because like I read on the road in high school, which I guess a lot of people probably did, too. But uh um that book inspired me to just as soon as i could um just get out on the road and start hitchhiking <laughs> and i went back and forth canada and the u.s and down to mexico and central america like uh, and that was all kind of inspired by kerouac eventually but uh yeah. i but thought then, i had read a lot more of him than i have not very many like war yeah i'm just reading um uh um satori in paris right now which is one of i think his last uh, second last little book it's just it's a tiny little book it would just it would if you wanted to read it all in one stretch it would just take you like a day or less than a day but by this time he's kind of he's completely alcoholic he's like 43 years old and uh He's he's old for his age even, um, and he's just he's just stumbling drunk through the streets of Paris and Bray and, <laughs> and trying to trace down his his ancestry. <laughs> but it's a good it's still it's still good. But now were you saying were you saying that they made the the book like his vision of stitching together all his novels and all his poetry and everything? No, Did that's just that? that's just no, that's just his vision of it. And I've only read about it in some of the Dharma. Like people everybody knows about the legend of Dalawitz and that he had this idea that um all of his novels, like about thirteen novels, are all um intended to be one big um legend, you know, of this one guy, Jack Dolowitz, which is which is Kerouac, right? But in some of the Dharma, he explains that it actually, his vision of it goes way beyond just that. You know, it just, it, it includes all of his poetry and his prose writing and his, uh, um, 
his writing on the Dharma and Buddhist Dharma and yeah. they, the, the books don't cohere. I mean, they do. So it's like he removes reality one step and renames all the people in his life something different. Yeah, right? he he had to. Like he his intention was to keep the original names, but his publishers wouldn't allow that. Um, so he the, the names, even though do, do they so like uh oh what what is his muse? What is that guy's name? Uh, oh, why uh, can't I think of his name? Neil Cassidy or um, yeah, Moriarty? Dean Moriarty? I was I would no yeah. I was <laughs> I was gonna say David Cassidy. I was like what? No, but <laughs> um, like these same characters do they have they don't have the same name in the different books do they no like he gets called like neil cassidy gets called something different in uh, dharma bumps and and his other and in subterraneans i just dharma. finished that one he's 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 called something something different too like yeah on the road he's he's dean moriarty um the, and that book focuses on him you know um but then there's he wrote a book that I haven't read. I think it's called, um, I th what is it? Vis Visions of Neil? I don't know if it's called Visions of Neil. No, it's not Visions of. Uh, is it uh, Visions of Cody? Um, yeah, yeah, Cody. I think it is. Yeah, I think that's about him too. Um, yeah, Visions of Cody. So that's kind of like a. Uh, it's supposed to be a really good one. Like it's 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 kind of like the uh, the more avant-garde version of On the Road. But uh, so uh, here's another quick little. Did you know that Celine also became a fascist? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's, he's, <laughs> He's uh, he's another one of those those guys. <laughs> so that yeah, I think that's I think that's so, why uh, why gas is that's one of his inner texts, you know. Um, because what do you make of that? And then how do you how do you um, make that make sense with what happened with the alt right? Is that what you're considering or have you thought about that oh yeah yeah so that's a deep deep question you know the, the same thing happened with pound and a bunch of different people like even yates and elliot and uh windham lewis that whole that whole group of um vortices or english modernists all went heavily to the right but there's all kinds of people, like even even Carl Jung and Iliade and all of these people that that uh, that kind of a sink people are into all veer towards that direction. Even Joseph Campbell, you I know. Think, yeah, he was oh. accused of anti-Semitism. Yeah, well, you read his you read his stuff, and it's he he definitely doesn't like Judeo Christianity and especially the Judeo part of it. Oh. But uh, yeah, that's a huge question, right? Like, um, why does that happen? Um, like, in some ways, um, the right is a lot more receptive of uh, just just a, a sort of spiritual or non-materialist view of things. That the left, um, because it almost entirely followed Marx. Kind of outlawed, you know, as uh, as being bourgeois and as being reactionary, etc. Right, where the original manifestation of the left was a lot more inclusive of of that kind of spiritual element to things. Yeah, I guess that's another subtext of my whole thing is just trying to in reintroduce that, <laughs> you know, a kind of uh, spiritual vision of the of the left. Um, but. Uh, yeah, but to to get that, you almost have to go through these kind of right wing lunatics and try to <laughs> try to ransack their writings for the the good nuggets as well. Like uh, another guy is. Um, having... Go ahead. Oh, I was gonna say, I, 
it sounds like we're we're in in for quite a ride as far as this this next book of of, of what the, the, oh the the, the Celine. it's just yeah yeah like like he might be uh just as haiti as like or you know is that is that a word <laughs> it is now <laughs> displeasure like he also has displeasure with the world as much as Kohler yeah yeah definitely I think he's more interesting um, the character in the book like he travels a lot he's, he's not like just this grumpy old professor in his yeah. house <laughs> you know like he goes all over the place uh, if that's actually I don't, I don't know if the uh the character in the novel is actually Celine, but I, it probably is. Um, I think it is. I think, and like you were, were you saying that he influenced Kerouac? Yeah, he was a huge influence on Kerouac through Burroughs. So Burroughs turned Kerouac onto Celine. Um, but again, Kerouac is another one of, like last time we were talking and you were saying that. Uh, Ulysses is sort of the yes, and the tunnel is sort of the no. Um, Kerouac is is the yes as well. Like he emphasizes that point to his his writing. Um, but I think Celine is very much the no. <laughs> yeah. Uh, no. Yeah. Another guy who went that way, which who I haven't read but keeps getting recommended to me, is uh, Nut Hamson. Do you know that guy? He's a German writer. No. Um, his big book, or his, I guess his most famous book, is called The Hunger. It's just called Hunger. And he's another one of these guys who is uh, like he's on the edge. I think he he hung out with Herman Hess. Um, but he's he went that that same kind of right wing. I don't know if he's he became a Nazi or like he, uh, but he went that way as well. Um, so I think I I think all that stuff is fascinating. It's like exactly what you said is like trying to figure out what happened in those days, and then compare that to what's happening now or what might happen now, um, and maybe using it as trying to prevent what could happen now. Well, I mean, it, it, it's interesting because it was less of a, I mean, I don't know. There was a, a part of the culture that definitely got sucked into that, but it's not like it was a, from an artistic standpoint, there wasn't, it, it doesn't seem like, but that's what's so weird about now too, though. It's like, a, it's not like there are any, poets that are the voices of the age so much yeah Maybe. unless unless yeah, you include it's... yeah unless you include stuff like uh, hip-hop or something like yeah. that or like, i don't know, I, I don't Mus know musicians you... definitely in the 60s it was music but there were actual poets in the 60s too you know that were well known and sold their work and stuff like that but i um I was saying how reality is like such a drug or it's just so encompassing. We don't have much room for the imagination. Um, you know, maybe it is pundits that, you know, like we don't have poetry anymore. We just have punditry and, and they're the ones who uh, embrace the fascism. Yeah. Yeah. That's the thing. Like, like in that, um, in that introduction you read, um, yeah, I was just, I, I'm trying to make the point that there are those poets out there. Like, I, I have a good friend in London, who uh, Luke Davis, who's an excellent, amazing poet, but he's like, he, uh, like, he's not connected to any university or anything else. He's totally independent. And, and uh, <laughs> like, he does his work typing this spontaneous poetry on the street, you know, and, and, poetry that he just 
types off of a manual typewriter and gives it to the the person who requests it and they read it and often break out into tears <laughs> you know like uh, he's just that good like he's he's got the process down you know like he's um, and then he writes he writes poetry for himself or is more is more I, I I guess I don't know if I should call it serious but more uh, more personal poetry um, but I think people like that exist um, not too many you know but um, yeah outside of the outside of the circles of the university and the entertainment industry they do still exist yeah definitely I mean we still have poet laureates and they are good you, yeah even even those people like I don't know I don't want to put them down because I think I there are good poets among them as well but it, it's like uh, it yeah the system tends to incorporate everything right so that whole institution of of a poet laureate it's it's almost it's like taming the poet <laughs> you know <laughs> like, <laughs> like like writers like write, writers and residents in in the local libraries and stuff like i'm not i i, want, I don't want to put down any of their books um I'm sure you know good what books, it is a, i would say the the life of the mind would used to be more robust and so like people could make a living just writing short stories because people read short stories. There was less, there was just more uh, written culture, I think, that was consumed. There was just more commerce in that. Whereas now, like there's so much television and I don't watch very much television, but I just realized that when I glimpse how much television there really is and how much mm -hmm. television normal people really watch, like it's kind of shocking to me to just the amount of television that's out there. But yeah, I, that yeah, I don't... there's so much money. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so maybe that's where the poetry is, but I, I, maybe to some extent, but if you like, Television involves in, in movies and everything else. It, it involves such a huge production that um, you wonder how much of the poetic juice stays in in there. You know, like I no, I'm just saying that they sucked all the the juice out, the life out of the juice. Yeah, and so there's mm -hmm. still poets, but like the pie that now goes to poetry or short stories or everything is so much smaller, and yeah. so. It's probably way harder to be like a, a poet these days. Yeah, and I think I think poets have become because of that. Maybe uh, maybe that's a reason, uh, or one of the reasons is that poets have become more timid. You know, like you get into the original roots of poetry, like the the I don't know how to pronounce this, the old leaves of uh, of Ireland, and it's like. These guys have, they're like, they're like the bards. They have ultimate power. You know, if they re, if they write a satire about you, you're cursed. Your your life is cursed. They, <laughs> you know, they. Uh, it's like Orpheus. You know, Orpheus made the uh, the rocks and trees cry. You know, <laughs> you know that that's the power of of poetry, to make the gods come alive again. And uh, I just don't think many people take that seriously yeah um but unless well it's funny because i was thinking so i i subscribed to harper's magazine for years and i've gotten kind of tired of it it's like i should just cancel this and resubscribe to poetry magazine mm. i used to get that and it's just like a you know lots of different kinds of poems and lots of different poets and it's yeah, I'm, I'm sure there's great stuff out there. To what you're saying, yeah, yeah, like even like like um like a poem like "Howl" by Ginsberg, you know, and uh, I know yeah, other poets aren't much into Ginsberg, maybe or whatever, but at least that was, and this is that's in in the fifties, early fifties, right, or mid fifties, I guess. Um, but at least that's an attempt to get 
back to that original howl, you know, like that original power that that words have and should have. Um, and uh, I think that's an honest attempt to, to, to get back to that. But I, I don't know how much of that, like even Ginsburg, I don't know how far he went with that. Like he, his background is also in uh, Marxism. Um, so he still has that kind of materialist worldview in the back of his mind, you know. Um, whereas earlier poets, it's like, um, I think they they saw glimpses of the world of the gods, you know, like this this sort of howling nature where spirits are everywhere, um, and uh, like like nature fully animated. Um, but does that hopefully I, I don't know maybe that comes back you know maybe that's the next step um, I was just talking to Wally about that the other day um, and we we're we we're talking about the idea that maybe maybe physics comes to the point where the 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 symbol set to describe reality, so-called or physical reality, um, the mathematics become fuzzier and fuzzier necessarily because um, it's just realized that reality is more and more contradictory, you know. And what's fuzzier than actual language, actual conversational language, and then poetic language, right? And so if you get deeper and deeper into that, then maybe... Maybe the poets become king again, <laughs> you know. <laughs> like they will be the ones who they'll be the main physicists. They're the ones who are describing reality most accurately. Yeah. But I don't know, it's just yeah. it's it's just great to uh it's great to have people like you and other people who are willing to read books together, you know, read books together and explore books deeply together. That's a, that's a really important thing. Well, yeah. it's in, so the, the, the difference, the interesting thing that I was thinking about is when, when it crosses the line. So like, uh, you've got the old tradition was all a poetic tradition. And so, the story that has kind of been haunting me for a long time is this story, um, Eschenbach's Parsifal. Yeah, I was just um, gonna, I was just it, gonna, I was just gonna say that Parsifal. Yeah, yeah, go um, on, sorry. But it's it, it's so funny because like I've known, I've only read it about three quarters of it. I never finished it, but. Um, I, I I knew that for some reason it was really like if Moby Dick was my where I started this Eschenbach is kind of where I've been stuck for a while and there's kind of like this um, it does something really interesting with the union of opposites you know so it is right down the center of the valley uh, Parsifal you know but um, I didn't realize that Joseph Campbell basically you know, in the early part of his career, spent a lot of time, you know, with the with the Grail, and so mm -hmm. he's got all this writing on that poem and how how uh, just ahead of its time it was. He he really holds that in such a high regard. Mm. But I mean, it's a it's a poetic form. Is the other interesting thing. And so um, I think in terms of translation, if people try to, when they translate it into English with the rhymed couplet, I think it becomes really tedious. Mm. Um, so that whole thing is really interesting too. Um, but it, it uh, yeah, I was making a larger point, I'm sorry. Um, so the earlier tradition it felt like uh, you know the great writing all was definitely poetry yeah and then um at some point like you get to cervantes and he you know or Sh shakespeare is is a poetic form um 
but you're you're getting into like longer narrative forms that aren't necessarily poetry and then um the joyce the ulysses i wouldn't necessarily say is poetry but it's right there on that line right and so the tunnel is the same way where you could tell that each line was crafted and shaped and and it feels like poetry a lot of the time but it probably yeah, it does i wouldn't say that i wouldn't say that it's poetry but boy it's so close but then finnegan's wake is i don't know how else you could you know take it it just when i look at that it's like ugh. <laughs> this is not something that you can just lightly tread into or maybe yeah it's just it's just a know. massive prose poem um yeah but yeah, I was going to talk about the, the, the whole Arthurian thing, too. I've got a bunch of books lined up on my shelf that I want to get into. Like, start, we don't, like, I wouldn't have to start like this, but like, Christian the Troyes, the Troyes, I guess. Yeah. Arthurian, the Arthurian romances, which comes before Eschenbach. Like, I think uh, Christian is like um, coming out of the, the troubadour tradition. And then I think Eschenbach is the sort of German equivalent, these sort of, um, I don't know how to pronounce this, the mini singers, uh, sort of the German yeah. counter, counterpart of the, uh, the troubadours. And then so he continues on. And then uh, quite a while later, there's Sir Thomas Mallory with uh, the more d'Arthur, d'Arthur. And then, and then Tennyson, you know, Tennyson, you have the idols of the king. Um, it would be awesome just to read all of those, go through all of that stuff and get get a, get a sense of the whole sort of Arthurian tradition in literature. And well, I because I had that class, I I have read, so I read we we did Chrétien, we did that, and he's really good. Mm. Um, and um, but then the. The Mallory comes out of a different tradition, and so it has a different paradigm. It seems like it's, I guess the reason why Joseph Campbell made such a fuss about Parsifal is because it's it's like a secular mythology. It, it doesn't have, whereas like uh, the Mallory tradition is more of a sacred, like it, it, ha it comes out of this, I guess, cistern tradition. And so it has that kind of, uh, religious inflection in it, mm. but um, yeah, if you if you ever stumble across that Joseph Campbell essay about, I think um, it's just about the Holy Grail. Mm. It, it's it's fab it's fabulous. It's really good. Well, for sure, I'd be I'd be completely deeply interested in doing uh, Percival if you wanted to dive into that someday <laughs> yeah I, I, I definitely do definitely do especially when I feel like he, he Joseph Campbell did all this heavy lifting already though where um, like he broke it apart symbolically and mythologically and stuff I mean I'm sure we'd find other things or things that were relevant to now but yeah my copy is only 430 pages that's pretty late reading what for our club what, <laughs> <laughs> what translation do you have you know is it the um, Helen M. Mustard and Charles E. Passage does it rhyme um, no it's all prose yeah. Is it yours? Yours oh, is. Oh yeah. Yours it, is not. No, prose. I don't have a rhyming one. It is. It is. Okay. Mine. Mine is prose, but I've I've come across one that was, it was in it had couplets or something, and it, it seemed kind of trite, maybe. Mm. But then I don't know. I've I've read some translation where they try so like when they when you try to keep the rhyme it seems like you end up getting really uh creative yeah and, sometimes that comes know, so like, things. right and you end up sacrificing 
some of the substance for the structure. Yeah, it's probably like if you were able to read it in the German, I guess it would be. Uh, um, the rhyme there would would tell a different story, you know. Right. Um, but uh, yeah, with an English translation, you probably lose a lot of it. But yeah, that's a that would be an interesting book to get into. Yeah, well, we'll put it on the list. <laughs> it is on the list. <laughs> <laughs> it's on the list. Mm. It's on the list. <laughs> All right, well. Yeah, I should get going. Should. Yeah. All right, well, uh, seems like there's a million different emails out there, but um, everything is chugging along, and so we'll just... Uh, We'll keep on. Are, you won't have any problem reading the, the Celine as far as you. I mean, it, it won't be December until we do that. Probably. No, I'm actually I'm actually going to read it with a couple of friends here too. It just sort of worked out like that. Um, so but, I don't. We'll probably. They start... want to join us. I don't know. I could ask them. I, I'm not sure if they'd want to come on or whatever, but I could ask. Um, but. Uh, yeah, we'll probably be starting pretty soon, I guess. So, uh, yeah, I'd, I'd probably be... Thanks for, the, for November, Thanksgiving kind of makes things strange for me. Mm-hmm. Because um, since I work in food service... It's a busy the weekend time. before, like the yeah, yeah, and so it would have to be like the second week of November if we were going to do it before Thanksgiving, or we'd have to probably go after. Um, yeah, I don't know if I can finish by the second week. Um, yeah, and so December is totally fine with me. I haven't like started it like yet. I don't. Week of December. I haven't started it yet. I don't know how engrossing it is. So, like, if it's, like, if I start with these guys right away, it's, it's, it might be possible to finish it by then. Um, it looks, it looks, like, it looks easier to read than the tunnel. I don't know. I don't know if it is or not. I thought it was so much smaller, but it's still, it's, it's not a small book. It's not a small book, but it's it's not um it's not giant either. And it's not it's not sucking you into somebody's psyche in the same way as a tunnel, I don't think, you know. Like some of the prose in the in the in the uh the tunnel is difficult. Um like I mean, I'm noticing there are parts that I am kind of drifting on a little bit, so when when he's talking about Herschel Greenspan, Greenspan, I don't know what his real oh, name. Is. He calls him Greenspan. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But he he's in Germany and he's in this apartment and he's kind of he conflates the whole experience he has with this neighbor and Kristall knocked and yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. And he's going on and on about. You know, whether or not there's a third person in the room to turn off the light or something. And it just, it seems like um, it's not super engrossing. It's like, what, what is going on here? But, you know, he's conflating all these different things. And, like, maybe he's the third person. But it, it all, it all is tied together with this kind of... Uh, conspiracy theory about you know what the true intention of Greenspan was yeah 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 it's yeah how that's connected to Kristallnacht is yeah I'm not sure like his voyeuristic thing about his his neighbor's window like it's that that whole right. section is about looking out windows and smashing windows um, but yeah, I don't know. It's a, it's it's a. I I don't know. I'd like to hear. 
some criticism about that you know like what what what's going on there like what um in a way i kind of uh it almost seems like he doesn't he doesn't go deeper you know like the the stuff that's happening is actually happening and the the depth comes in his own weird analysis and his own subconscious but i think the actual events happen in the way he narrates them but i don't know yeah i yeah things are harder to pin down the second time so like my experience was after the first time like i didn't read it close enough and i missed details but like mm. at the beginning like his he is definitely sending his sons away to college is he like yeah it's just yeah they're definitely out of the house and he even says that his his sons go to unremarkable colleges yeah is, yeah i remember i remember that part but then he's also that 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 Leopold Bloom section where he's at home by himself fixing his breakfast and stuff. He talks about his wife and kids leaving. Right. And so it's it's hard to know when these things are really happening. Like you're saying, yeah, I think these really did happen. But then also just his age is definitely there's no way he could be a 15-year-old graduated from high school in Germany taking Mages Tabor's class, right? The first time could that be real <laughs> but would he have to be would he have to be 15 at that time like couldn't he um like i said like if he was um so kristallnack is he was 17 you're saying you well like it, 1938 well kristallnack maybe he was 20 even you know like uh, he's 20 and then he'd still 67 he'd be 50 and then it, like there there is one point in the Would in the that... Which says it is sixty-seven. Yeah, it does, and I, I picked up on that. Well, my uh, I, the copy of my book just arrives right at the moment. Like the uh, the actual copy. You mean delivered to my door? What are you talking about? Hmm. <laughs> The tunnel just arrived, or the Celine? Oh no, arrived? my book, the the uh, Death Sweat of the Cluster, just arrived. Oh, just my uh, yeah, I just got it delivered at, right at this moment when we're talking. Looks great. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, and this is the non-proof, the your real the non-proof, copy. yeah, the real copy, which I haven't seen yet, and the. And it looks way better. The uh, the print is clear. It's not it's not all pixelated like the uh, proof copy is. Looks good. Um, yeah. So on the printing page, the last page, what does it say? Oh yeah, good good question. I want to check that too. Printed in Japan. So I ordered a bunch of does author copies, but it right. Um, yeah, the date it doesn't give a date. It doesn't give a date. This is printed in Japan. In the U.S., um, this copy says "Made in the USA, Middleton, Delaware, September first, twenty twenty." Yeah, Alan said he was going to clear up the images, and he really has. I get they're even they're even better in this than the the proof. Um, yeah, it looks great. Anyways, yeah, yeah, so we're on the tunnel. <laughs> so, okay, so he's, he's, 50, he's, uh, he's 50 and 67, or, uh, 68. So that kind of works with his narrative, right? Like he's saying he's around 50 or so. That definitely works, but one of the essays was... I'll have to look at it again, but it seemed like 
he said a couple things that were difficult to pin down, having to do with when his mother was taken the to the insane asylum. Mm. And that's uh yeah. And then also when when uh Like how old he was at, at that time, mm-hmm. and then that I don't know that I'm going to be able to explain it to you, but it just yeah, it does seem he was younger when he sent his his mom away. Yeah. Well, I think that's the book states he states that he was 15 when his his mother was sent away. Hmm. So yeah, that would. But yeah, and, and that's the other thing. I think his mother was sent away in 1938, maybe. Hmm. He really his mom. So he... like. Yeah, that's I curious. That's so weird. I, I could be making. Yeah. Yeah, it's. Uh... I, like you said, did you were you the one who said that that uh, it doesn't seem to be much criticism written about it to really explore all that stuff? Like I, I think I you said, said that last that, time. Yeah, that, yeah. I did. I said that because of, based on the internet, but I don't know if the internet is a good way to figure out like. The type of academic journals are not, they don't necessarily translate to the kind of stuff you find on, on the internet necessarily, but. But there's no book or something like that, a skeleton's key of the tunnel or <laughs> something like that. Like, uh... well, yeah, I mean, my impression is that we came out and people thought it was something and they, they dug into it, but then, you know, It moved on, you know. Oh yeah, when it yeah, I see, I see. And I don't, I don't necessarily think that it's done forever because it does potentially explain our moment really, really well right now. Yeah. And so it'll be interesting to see if people do come to it too. The way you broke down the penance does. To explain how it just starts with pettiness. How yeah, yeah, that's grows and grows. Yeah, that's excellent. Like that. That. Well, I was just. I'm. Um, I was watching um, a documentary called um, "The Architecture of Doom." Have you ever seen that? It came out in 1989, and I remember watching it then as well. It really kind of floored me then. But I, I'm just watching it again on YouTube and. Uh, it's all about Nazi aesthetics um, and how kind of their politics in a way grew from their aesthetic vision of things, this neoclassicist aesthetics that they had. There's some emphasis on purity, purity of art and getting rid of decadent art. And then the same thing would apply to their racial theories and their society in their views on society in general. Um, but, uh, uh, what was I going to say? So, so yeah. So in the in the tunnel, um, Kohler is coming up with all his um, like those pennants and those banners and all the the badges of the uh, the party for disappointed people. But Hitler did the exact same thing. You know, he was he was coming up. He created all these sketches for what the banners should look like, what the uniforms should look like, and everything else. He's like. I didn't realize that part about the the tunnel that it's so accurate in that way too, you know. Yeah. Yeah, I wasn't joking. Maybe you <laughs> to become the world's foremost tunnel scholar. <laughs> yeah. Well, we could we could both do it. We could come up uh we could be the uh do the Campbell and Robinson version of a skeleton's key for the tunnel. <laughs> well, since, yeah, I probably should interview some of these guys who did their 
the symposium thing just because I've got all that in my brain right now. Yeah, I was excited when you said that his daughter retweeted our, the uh, the talk we had. But did did the? Uh... Yeah, I wish she had a million followers. Yeah, like a few times. So we got some <laughs> probably people interested in listening. She, you, um, you didn't try to contact her further. You didn't hear any more from her. She'd be interesting just to see. No. You could, you could send her a follow up and just ask her how she liked it or something. I guess that's hard to do on Twitter. No, you can. Yeah, I think you could send someone a direct message. Sometimes some people mm. don't let you do that, but. Yeah. Cool. Okay. Should we uh, should we cut off? I, yeah. I should go and eat my lunch, I guess. Yeah. Yep. Yep. All right. Well, thanks. Book's good. Uh, I hope it sells a million copies. Stay <laughs> in touch. Okay. Yeah. Thanks a lot, eh? Um, yeah. I'm looking forward yeah. to, to hearing the the panel discussion. <laughs> don't hold back you, 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 can, yeah. you, rip, you guys can, can rip me another one if, if, if that needs to happen <laughs> well I'm yeah I'm so I'm just really curious I know that Zach thinks he's going to fly through it um, and so he wanted an expedited timeline I just don't know you know um it sounds like uh, Bill's ready to go whenever we are. So yeah, yeah. How how fast talk, how fast are you able to read it? Um, like is it not very fast? Yeah, yeah. yeah. I can't. I'm not. And uh, yeah, so that's what's interesting. But I, it might be. Uh, um, I don't know. <laughs> Um, uh, I think Alan yeah. had a similar experience where the beginning is 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 trickier than the deeper you get into it. Yeah, like the tunnel. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but he mentioned he mentioned that even he mentioned that even Jason thought it was dense, which is that's interesting to me because I, I Jason's thought is pretty dense too. I think, but. Um, well, I think Jason is used to read some of the most dense stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I'm surprised he said that. But other other people said that they flew through. Like Wally, who's not into reading that much, he doesn't do much reading actually. Um, he was able to get right into it and go quickly. So that that's a, it's just another thing I'm interested about is what how how it reads, how quickly it reads or not. I think I'm a defective unit at this point, though. I don't know that I could say I'm good <laughs> yardstick for. Uh... I wouldn't call yourself that. You you've gotten through all these other crazy books. <laughs> uh, okay. All right. Yeah. Yeah. So take care. Have a great. Have a great. Um... Experience in the mountains sounds. I'd love to be out there. Yeah, I might go sit out in the hot tub right now before bed. Excellent. Okay. <laughs> All right. See you again then. Jack. <laughs> okay. You take care. Yeah. Okay. Bye bye. bye, -bye.